Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope They Hear This podcast. And today, I hope people with growing families hear this. All right. Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope They Hear This podcast. And today's podcast is a huge treat for me because um, the person that we have on, actually, we, we don't really know each other personally, um, but we got connected through Jonathan Choi. So shout outs to Jonathan. Um, but I, I was really interested in having you on because you're you were the host of the Growing Family podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's a family. That's a podcast. My wife and I started after a few just life experiences, yeah. and uh, we can get into yeah more yeah. about that a little bit later. But it's I think you know, if if you're listening to this podcast, definitely definitely recommend you go listen to all of the episodes starting from episode one because man, it's I will I will say that it's the most emotional podcast I've ever listened to. Yeah, yeah, it gets it gets pretty thick. Yeah. Um, for the content and you know the journey to have gotten there wasn't what we had originally intended. Yeah, but you know, just different events that have happened and the different things that God used in our life at the time, um, just kind of made episode one just be kind of our our story. Mm-hmm. And um, we real we were really looking forward to sharing kind of what our growing family looks like but this was kind of part of our process right yeah. right so b- before yeah. we get into that uh so please welcome andrew song into the podcast oh pastor andrew song <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. yeah sometimes uh, sometimes yeah <laughs> so but before we, we we get into the, uh, the growing family can you just give us a brief intro to who you are and what you do yeah so i um grew up in kind of this neck of the woods so it's like john's creek mm-hmm. a suburb of atlanta uh, me and David actually went to the same high school. Yeah. We connected earlier and we realized, I think there was about two years overlap yeah. there. Um, you had started when it first opened? Yeah. So Your I, freshman I was, year? I was the first class to do all four years. Oh, there. that's right. That's yeah. right. So I was only there for the second, the my junior and senior year. Okay. Um, but yeah, I grew up in this area and then I went to Illinois for undergrad mm-hmm. and grad school uh, to become a pastor. And then in 2013, me and my wife got married, which ended up bringing me back to Atlanta, um, serving at our church, Four Points in Dunwoody. Um, And that really is what kind of brought me back. Mm. And, you know, fast forward, we were married, we were married, and my wife's going to kill me because I always forget the dates and the years. (laughs) Uh, But we were married for probably close to five years um, before we had gotten pregnant. Mm. and um, that kind of like sparked really the journey of, of podcasting and right. so on and so forth. But even through the years kind of leading up to it, I got into it probably the same same as you. Mm. There's content out there, commutes, and just learning more things online. And so I, I thought, hey, this is a great way to be creative, mm. great way to dialogue and communicate with just you know friends and peers, but also you know people out there mm. and different subjects and stuff. And so as I was driving over here, actually, I was listening to the recap of 2019, oh, yeah. just kind of a Spark Notes version, I guess, of uh-huh. the past year. Because uh-huh. man, 52 episodes a lot. Yeah. And so kudos to you oh, for finishing you. that thank commitment you. and and um, yeah. So I was like, and it was a similar sort of sentiment in terms of podcasting is mm. that and you use the word curating, and I love that word because I think it's just like intentional organization 
with a purpose to, you know, tell a story and mm. to share some sort of moment with people. Yeah. And I found this to be a great intersection of all those things. Mm. And so, yeah, when Jonathan, uh, I, I met him at Shabu Shabu <laughs> and then he told me, he was just like, Hey, I have this friend named David who does his podcast. And I was able to kind of become a fan from afar because a lot of the guests that you had, like oh, Ben wow. and Selena and mm. them used to come to our church. And so those things just kind of floated around social media. Yeah. And I was like, man, this is awesome to see. Um, obviously being, you know, Asian American, Korean American, being creative. That was one of those things that I started to appreciate once I started podcasting. Mm. And um, and so, yeah, I connected with Jonathan and he had said, hey, I think he'd be interested. And I was like, for sure, let's do it. Yeah. Because I, I always love, you know, just talking and kind of sharing. And, and I think we have a similar idea in the sense, like you put a mic in front of people, they get a little bit more authentic a little bit more genuine right for some for some reason maybe it's because um you know people don't realize like other people are listening to it yeah, but yeah. uh it's just fun yeah it's a yeah, great time and so sure. i'm thankful to be here and and obviously share my story and wow and, thank you and plug whatever it is that <laughs> that might be coming in 2020 yeah so. you know um the timing worked out really well with uh, you and jonathan because i think literally the day before you saw him oh. i was talking to him actually on this couch right here you were just hanging out and you were talking and he was asking me about like future guests oh, sure. and just throwing out ideas. Yeah. And I knew that he knew you. Yeah. And I, I just threw out, you know, it would be awesome to have Andrew on um, just to kind of get an update on his life. Um, what what's happened since the events of the first season yeah. of The Growing Family. Yeah. Um, and he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll reach out. And I didn't think it would happen so fast. But literally sure, the yeah. day after he texted me, hey, Andrew's going to contact you. Yeah. So that, that worked out really well. Well, part of it is because I love I love doing this. Oh, okay. And uh, um, not necessarily because, you know, I like talking, but more than anything else, I think there's a story and there's a connection people make, mm. whether they're in the car or wherever it is that people will like um, take in podcast content. Mm -hmm. But I think there is a value in sharing stories. And similar similarly to like what you were sharing is that when you can talk about the things that people don't normally talk about. Mm -hmm. And I love that you said, you know, there's a certain, when you're hosting, you have this authority to <laughs> be able to ask questions. Yeah. And that's absolutely right on. You have mm -hmm. this opportunity to talk to people in a way that you wouldn't necessarily do like at Starbucks or right. over dinner. And you kind of, there's no small talk. You can get right into it yeah. because the expectation is there. Mm -hmm. And so when that happened, I was like, yeah, I'd love sitting and talking and, and hearing about your experience with this as mm -hmm. well as, as we, uh, kind of restart or or start to process through okay what does 2020 look like for mm. us in the in the world of podcasts Ooh. but um little teaser yeah That's a little teaser i like that um we're definitely going to talk about that oh a for bit sure later, for yeah. sure <laughs> yeah but for people um who are listening you know just to give you a little bit of background yeah. of the genesis of the podcast but uh like i mentioned me and my wife got married in 2013 and then about five no 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 i'm sorry about four years later in 2017 mm -hmm. uh we found out we were pregnant which was kind of a surprise uh we weren't trying or anything like that and that was always kind of the posture we had um mm -hmm. uh, but yeah we got pregnant a lot of people around us were having kids or had kids and so right around june is when we found out we were pregnant and so we had a march uh delivery uh date mm. um and we were just kind of going through that journey and i was learning to be what is it going to be like to be a new dad and at the turn of the year in January, I decided with just kind of my men's group, mm -hmm. like this is an idea that floated around in my mind. And so because of that, um, we're going to get started in uh, January 
uh, I believe, what was that? 2017, I think it was. Mm-hmm. If I'm wrong with the years, you can listen to it and, and get a more precise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was a January, and so we went out, we bought all the equipment, um, put you know the mics together and got it, got it ready. Mm-hmm. And so the goal was to be able to kind of document the final month leading up to the delivery. Wow. And be able to, you know, let the world know like, hey, we're expecting, you know, these are our stresses. And my hope is to be able to kind of talk through real conversations about what does it look like to become a new dad? Mm. You know, I got a chance to meet your daughter downstairs. And so I'm sure you know what that looks like right before delivery. And then unfortunately, I believe it was February. um, Again, I'm bad with dates, Mm -hmm. but there was a it was early February. Uh, where we actually lost our first, who was a boy. Mm. Um, it was 36 weeks or seven weeks. Um, again, Mimi is much better at these dates. Mm. Um, but yeah, basically what I tell people like in the last two minutes, like the two minute drill, you know, unfortunately we had lost. Yeah. And so had a stillbirth. Um, and what that means is our son had died in the womb. Mm. It was a Tuesday and I remember it distinctly. I was at staff lunch at church. Get a call from Mimi and answer it. And she's just broken. She's just bawling i'm like hey what's going on stepped out and she told me that we had lost unhyung which is his name mm. and then from there it was just a roller coaster of figuring out what was next yeah and so fast forward a little bit um and i forget when we released the first episode i think it was probably towards the tail end of february mm-hmm. my wife and i really talked is like hey do we still do this um right because the title is the growing, growing family, family. yeah right. and the hope was like the podcast would be about sharing struggles, talking with friends. What does it look like to be a new dad? What are the ups and downs? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I realize this now having an 11th month old now is saying like, Hey, you know, what is it like the days that you hate being a dad? Mm -hmm. You know, like questions that you don't really ask, but you know, everybody kind of goes through Mm -hmm. that was the intent. But then all of a sudden we have this loss Mm -hmm. that is kind of unbelievable. And then I looked at Mimi and it was actually surprising to me. She was just like, hey, you know what? This is something we have to do. Mm. God put in our life and this is something that, you know, this is something God wanted for you to do. Yeah. And so with that, we actually started kind of with a showstopper, I guess you could right, say. Because right. we have this growing family podcast and the first thing is talking about our loss. Yeah. And so I think the first two or three episodes is about the journey and the immediate, like the immediate steps that have happened. Mm-hmm. So we lost and we had to deal with the... Um, events leading up to it the birth and then the funeral and all of those things yeah and so uh yeah so that's how we ended up kicking off yeah. the the podcast and then we went through a few episodes and we had some friends come on and talk about their story yeah talk about you know their marriages and and their dating and stuff like that um it was funny and i feel like i can say this now but we had abe and jess right. who are mutual friends of ours uh-huh, uh-huh. There was a part that he was saying um, that he was going to propose by the end of the year. Oh. And then I said, dude, it was like, wow, that's like huge. It's uh-huh. like, you, like you're putting it out there. Yeah. He texted me later and he actually said, um, hey, can you edit that out? I wasn't 100% sure. <laughs> I forgot if I did or uh-huh. not. I may have. Uh, but that's that's like behind the curtain. Uh-huh. Like, for me, I didn't want to edit anything. But right. he was just like, hey, can you take it out? No, I think you did edit it out because I don't nobody remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And so we had a double, we had a couple friends come on. Um, I had a couple of different things, mm. episodes lined up yeah. to kind of help go through the process. Wanted to talk to people about infertility, mm. loss, miscarriages, and other things like that. Because at the end of the day, that's still part of you know your growing yeah. family. And, and one of the blessings of it was kind of that conversation being opened up. Right. And yeah. you know, the kind of compelling part of your story is, I mean, well, 
the story itself, you guys are so open and vulnerable about it that it's, it's so raw. So in the day and age of highlights, like people's highlights in social media for you guys to just open up and say, Hey, this happened. It was like, it was like a breath of fresh air for me. Um, and the crazy part is that your wife is a midwife. She is. Yeah. And so like she's in the profession of bringing babies into the world for other women. Yeah. And for what happened, the stillbirth. Yeah. For it to happen to her. Like what are the chances, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, having a stillbirth is very low, Mm -hmm. right? But Mm -hmm. then for the mom to be a midwife, I mean, that was, that was a lot of uh, counseling. There was a lot of therapy Mm -hmm. through that. Like I remember leading up the week or two leading up to her going back to work was huge because we didn't know how she was going to react. We right. didn't know what it was going to be. And I think we had mentioned it or we had talked about it. I'd have to go back and listen, but it wasn't easy. Like yeah. it was hard after her first delivery, she had to go into a room and had to just kind of cry wow. and just kind of deal with the pain because mm-hmm. it was so in her face. Yeah. And then her practice really did a lot in terms of protecting her and hedging it a little bit, Yeah. but you can't stay away from it forever, especially in her, in her business, in her industry. Right. I think you mentioned that her, it was a hospital a clinic? yeah 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 um they handed out pamphlets to say yeah there's a little note that they gave to patients yeah like this was like probably like the week or two weeks after mm-hmm. um mentioning that hey your physician your um healthcare provider suffered a loss yeah in x y and z and and that we were very appreciative of that yeah, you yeah. know them being kind of respectful through the whole process you, you know it's through your podcast and your story that i realized so you know how they say don't tell people about your pregnancy for the first three months like yeah. the, I don't know if it's like a Korean thing or not, mm-hmm. but yeah, had that, and I never understood that. I always thought, why? Like if you're if you know you're pregnant, why not celebrate it with people? Yeah. But you guys mentioned how it's like it's one thing dealing with the actual loss, but having to be constantly reminded by people asking, "Oh, what happened to your baby?" or yeah. "Did you have your baby?" Yeah. Like you were talking about how difficult that was. Yeah, it's tough, and um, surprisingly enough, and obviously, if, as you have. Uh, you may have friends who mm-hmm. are married and are trying as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, people don't talk because the, at least within the first eight weeks, I believe, it's right. still very, um, I don't want to say up in the air. And I'm not a professional by any mm-hmm. stretch, but what have we, what I've learned through it is that people are hesitant because miscarriaging, mis, miscarriaging, that's not even a real <laughs> word, uh, miscarriages are so common. Yeah, yeah. But with people, uh, like for new moms, especially first-time moms who suffer through miscarriage, mm. They, I mean, it's a tough topic because yeah. you get the excitement of having a child and all of a sudden, you know, wherever you might land on the spectrum of life or whatever, mm. um, you're ready, you're readying yourself for this next season of life. And all of a sudden it's taken away. Yeah. And what I realized through the process is that that's what it felt like. Mm. Like we were given this opportunity and it was almost like a given and then it was taken away from us. Right. Well, in, in your situation though, it's. Eight months, you're, you, most yeah. people think you're in the clear by then, right? Which, which I would say you are. So if yeah. there are any people who are pregnant in their eighth month or, you know, 37th, 38th week, it mm. is, it is uncommon, mm. right? Like mm. something has to happen. And, you know, Mimi tells me, or she had mentioned through some experiences that she's heard mm. where they go in for delivery and they lose a child because the umbilical cord, <sighs> there's a lot of, you yeah. know, it's just like up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's two sides of the coin. I think, yes you know, you can expect to have a child, mm-hmm. but at the, on the other side of the coin, it's still a miracle every time a child comes in, no right. matter how many times it happens, right. 
or no matter how many people you meet who've had healthy children, like Mm -hmm. every single one is still a miracle because so many, and this is something that my wife would, you know, it's a testimony for her and that so many body systems have to work together to bring life into this world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, God orchestrates it perfectly. Um, And it's not easy by any stretch, right? But it's such a perfect balance of things. Yeah that even the slightest uh, misstep could cause such a devastation, which is something that we suffer through, you know, but at the end it happens, it happens more than we would think, you know? And, and the one thing, if I would say there is a blessing is that because of our story, putting it out there Mm -hmm. and us being at a place where God really moved and worked in our life so clearly Mm. that it gave people the courage to be like, you know what? I struggled with this. Thanks Mm. for telling me your story. Now, you know, I can, I can deal with the two miscarriages or the three miscarriages right. in the first five years of our marriage. And, and people always ask, you know, like, Oh, Hey, are you thinking about children? And you forget behind the curtain, like we have been, but we've been struggling through it and right. so on and so forth. Right. right? And yeah. I think we take it for granted yeah, because it's just one of those things that I guess just happens. Mm. But one of the things that I realized is that, you know what, it's, it's not as clear cut as a lot of people would think. Yeah. Um, not to say like pregnancy is something we should be afraid of. Right. But at the but on the other side, you know, it taught me to understand like people who've been married like six, seven years. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't assume like, oh, they're not wanting kids. Right. But like yeah, there could yeah. be four years that they've been going through like IVF or other means of, you know, other things. And I just helped grow our compassion and grace towards people mm. and in their stories and hearing that. And that's been, that's probably been the best part of it all. Yeah. Right. You know, actually for me as a listener too, I think I got much more sensitive toward the topic because yeah, if in your case, it's, it's kind of crazy because she was like showing and everything, but I'm sure people go through it before they show. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. So we we never know what's going on, um, kind of behind closed doors. So, to be insensitive and throw topics out there like, Oh, you guys must not want babies cause you haven't had a baby yet. Like yeah. that, that, that could come off extremely insensitive sure, to a couple yeah. who is actually trying. Right. And I think people who go and suffer through that, they understand mm. because you know, I think we've all been there. Yeah. Um, but what has taught me and kind of moving forward is that, you know, we, we had our loss mm. and then we went through counseling and we were kind of really struggling through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but in, 18 2018 june again we found mm-hmm. out we were pregnant which is mm-hmm. kind of that's how we closed out the first season yeah. and i kind of restarted the second one which was like hey we're going through this process all over again uh-huh. you know and and dealing it with the second time had its ups and downs mm-hmm. as well yeah and so you know thankful to god in december or i'm sorry in february of 19 mm-hmm. we en- we ended up being able to deliver our our daughter which oh. has been crazy yeah, yeah when I, I think i heard that you guys were pregnant when you guys were on the KTL podcast yes. for the first time. And I was like super excited because yeah. I felt like you guys were a part of my life because, oh, wow, wow. because I was listening to your podcast. Yeah. Yes, well, but can I um, ask you a question? So I know this is a sensitive topic. So uh-huh. if there's anything that I'm saying that you don't sure. want to talk about, please just, yeah. yeah. But we'll edit it out. That's yeah. Yeah. Lots of <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you, you mentioned uh, counseling. Yeah. So how long did, how long was that process? So really we, kinda... uh, we went to see a counselor uh-huh. specifically who dealt with trauma and grief. Mm. And I would suggest it to everyone, oh, wow. whether you go through grief or trauma or whether you are feeling good, mm-hmm. like putting mental health at a top priority mm. is one of those things. Like rather than wait till something happens, like you're able to 
kind of build a tool belt to kind of help uh, figure out and navigate through life. Oh, wow. Right. And so uh, whether you're married or single, finding somebody and finding a regular rhythm mm -hmm. in talking through just like stress. And I know that you were talking about anxiety and you had mm -hmm. Andy on who's who's actually been a longtime friend. Oh. Uh, I've known me and Andy were in the same uh, Korean class back oh, wow. when we were, oh, man, he may know better, but it was like fifth or sixth grade. It was, we were young. Wow. So I've known him for, for a good bit. Okay. Um, yeah. Kind of talking with somebody, meeting with somebody, you know, it, I would probably suggest somebody that you don't know mm -hmm. just to be able to hear from them. Right. From them, like, not an unbiased, but like, you know, there's no baggage there. Right. Like they're right. really coming at you and saying like, listen, I'm learning and hearing your story mm -hmm. kind of sort of in a vacuum. And here are some questions and other things like that. Mm. And so we went to Summit Counseling, which is a Christian counseling center uh, that was fantastic mm. for us. And I'll be honest, the first session I left and I was just like, man, did I just pay for this? And <laughs> she was just asking my name and story like, you know, you know, we'll give it a try or mm. whatever. Man, the second session I went in there left bawling. Wow. And then she was like, I'm sorry, we're running out of time. You're going to have to talk next week. And wow. I was just like, I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And so through that what I realized is that they began to ask me questions that I didn't even realize I needed to ask. Uh, but then they also asked me the questions that I didn't want to ask myself. Wow. Right. Like I remember one time they were talking about like, okay, how are you and Mimi doing? Mm -hmm. And she had mentioned to me, like, um, do you recognize that you busying yourself is actually hurting her? And I was like, man, I had no idea wow. like what that looks like. And that only happened because we were talking about, you know, I guess how we were feeling or how we were processing through things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I would, I would highly suggest it to everyone. Um, whether it's once a month, mm -hmm. once a quarter, like putting it in a, in your rhythm because, um, having that person be able to kind of unpack and like pick up the stones and the sticks in your life and your mm -hmm. heart, um, will always be more beneficial at the end of wow. the day. So you're the second person to uh, suggest that on this podcast. Selena, when she was on, yeah. she also suggested. Yeah. 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 yeah everyone mm -hmm. go through like everybody. Counseling. Wow. And I think Korean Americans, Asian Americans mm. feel like, Oh, if I'm seeing a therapist, like something's wrong with me. Right. The truth is there is something wrong. Like we're all, there's always something wrong mm. with us. We're like dealing with, you know, stress and as immigrant children, there's like so many layers and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, we should be seeing them. So, um, I say that in jest, but in mm -hmm. reality, I think, um, it's a, it's a tough, it's a, it's a tough journey already. Like yeah. why not get some extra hands and help? Right, right, right. And I understand the financial cost, like that's huge. Mm -hmm. Um, but like when you start to prioritize certain things, I think it, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so in how long do you think with counseling, how, how long do you think the grief, I'm sure still, if you think about it, there's grief there. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. Like how long do you think it was before you felt like kind of you were back into the normal rhythm of things? Um, or, or is it always just going to be, what I realized is after we after our loss mm -hmm. and after our counseling sessions, the biggest thing that I realized, like it's never going to be the same, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. everything's, everything is going to be different. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people will want to be like, okay, I've gone through an event mm -hmm. and then, I just want things back the way it was. Wow. But I, I realized the reality is I carry this scar with me. You know, like we always get cuts and bruises and stuff like mm. that, whether it's cosmetic or on the surface or, you know, unfortunately it can be even bigger. Mm. These are just things that we end up having to deal with, but it gives us the fabric of our stories and yeah. narratives. 
And so once I think Mimi and I realized, like, we're not trying to go back mm -hmm. to being people who didn't have kids, but it was just like, okay, can I be, can we be a married couple mm -hmm. who has a loss in our family mm -hmm. um, and are just now living according to that experience, mm -hmm. right? Like a good example is uh, when we found out we were pregnant, we ended up buying a home. We were renting for a few years right. and we thought we were going to rent forever because we didn't want to be locked down or so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And then we found out we had a kid and we were like, okay, priorities change. And so we ended up buying a townhouse mm -hmm. in Smyrna. So my next question is, my next question was, okay, should we sell this? Cause we don't need it anymore. Oh, wow. But then what counseling helped me realize is like, no, it's not that you're going back. It's like, okay, how do we move forward? Mm. Carrying this sort of baggage or carrying this part of your story um, in a way in which you know, changes and transforms you in a positive way at wow. the end of the day, wow. right? And so I think once we were able to come to that conclusion, not to say we weren't, um, we didn't need to go anymore, mm -hmm. but I think the grief and the trauma, like the pain of that, like mm -hmm. subsided. Mm -hmm. And so now it was about, okay, how do we like live our life healthy now? Right. Um, after we did our like therapy and our like recovery process, wow. like how now do we get kind of get back into it? Wow. Um, I will say I would, I mean, looking back on the past year, mm -hmm. like maybe it would have been smarter at least to keep it within our rhythm of once a month or, you know, just so that we have this person in a mm -hmm. relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, as we moved into 2020, that's another thing me and my wife were talking about. Like, Hey, we should Getting start, back we, into we should it. get back because of the fact that we're having, having to deal with so many newer things. Right. Right. Um, and advocating for counseling and seeing a therapist. Like wow. I know I need that for myself wow. as well. So, Oh, that's, um, that's so good. So it's, it's yeah. not about how can I repair my life to get back to what it was before, but recognizing the trauma and the hurt and moving forward with yeah. it. Right. I that's, think so. Because, so because now for instance, like, um, we had our second mm -hmm. or, so we have our daughter, mm -hmm. who, which was our second pregnancy, first mm -hmm. child. Mm -hmm. um, when I look at her, I don't look at her as my first child, if that makes sense. Right, yeah. yeah. Because we had one. We had mm -hmm. lost him. Mm -hmm. um, so to a certain extent, like she is our second. Mm. And I think that only happens because I wasn't trying to erase our first with her. Mm. And that was really tough. Like that was a big obstacle because... I wanted for her to fill the gaps wow. and I was quickly able to realize like if I did that, then I would be shortchanging maybe her experience with me as her dad. Mm. I, don't, I wouldn't want for her to feel like, oh, you know, I'm second to this, this child that he didn't have. Right. You right, know what I'm saying? Right, right. And so, and so now like when I tell people like, oh, I have a daughter and they ask, oh, is that your only one? Mm -hmm. You know, I try not to like ruin the mood, <laughs> right. but at the same time, I, I let them know like, oh, you know, we we were pregnant before, mm -hmm. but we had a loss. And and so this is this is our second. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 And sometimes it works. Sometimes I'm tired. So I'll just be like, yeah, it's my first, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, but mentally that was the big obstacle mm. that I think God really revealed through counseling. It's uh -huh. like like this is another child. This is another experience. Um, and so we have this. um the outfit that I talked about, I think it was like the first episode that mm -hmm. we framed. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. we still keep that up, like kind of in the middle of our kitchen. Mm -hmm. And it's not something we look at every single day, right. but it also is a reminder of like where we are now. Right. You know what I'm talking right. about? And so, 
Um, and it's part of like our growing as a family right. as well. Yeah. So then, again, I know I understand this is a very sensitive topic. So please feel free to shut down any questions I might ask. Never, never. <laughs> but like growing up, so what was your daughter's name? Her name is Unbi. Unbi, okay. Like Unbi, are you? How are you gonna navigate? You know, telling her, talking to her about this older brother that she has that she's never met. Like, yeah. have you guys thought about that? We did, and that's a great question. I don't, I don't know. Mm. At the end of the day, if somebody knows, if somebody's gone through that, and mm. uh, you know, has advice, please let me know. Mm -hmm. um, but when my wife and I talked about it, I think we we are hoping that when she's when she sees that frame, mm -hmm. she's gonna ask, "Hey, like, Appa, what is that frame?" Mm. And that hopefully gives me an opportunity to be like, "Listen, like, let me tell you the story, right? Right? right. Like me and your mom." Um, we're going to have a baby, mm. but unfortunately he's in heaven. Mm. Uh, who's your bigger brother that you will eventually get to meet, you know? Um, I mean, I don't know if I have to get into heaven and hell and all of that <sighs> at that moment, right, right. but it's just kind of creating that space for her to realize. Yeah. And I mean, I hope to be able to have that conversation with her. Well, okay. Uh, but also I'm not, I know both Mimi and I are ready to uh, tell her, Wow. Of that story, does that make sense? Wow, yeah, like, I wouldn't yeah. want to hold that back from her. Yeah, because then she would be the only person who doesn't know, mm. and I I wouldn't want that to be the case. Yeah. Um, wow, that's and so the wording. I'm not sure how that is. Right. So, again, it may come out that way. It may come out terribly, but yeah, it's definitely <laughs> something we want for her to know. I see. As she grows up, yeah. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, I was I was just actually really curious about because I I don't know what the <laughs> right answer is. I don't know what's best for the child, but. I could imagine two things happening. A different set of parents might also, might think it's best for her not to know about it. Of course, it, yeah. Right? So, yeah. And I think that's a that's a judgment call. Mm, you know, okay. I think every family is going to make that discernment mm. to say like, "Hey, we want to talk about it, we don't." Which I, you know, I I don't know if it's the right way. Right. I don't think it's the wrong way, but again, every family is going to be different and, you know, if people have wisdom, I'd love to hear that. Mm. And so, um, yeah, that's, I'm not sure when that's going to happen, but mm. I think it'll eventually come happen in the near future. Yeah. The way that, you know, time flies with kids. Right. So. Right. Yeah. But you know, I think, uh, as a person, if my parents withheld information from me about, yeah. uh, you know, like, a brother that i had who's now no longer here yeah i think i would be upset like later on in life sure you feel like right. you missed out on something yeah, 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 yeah like yeah. why why wasn't i told like yeah, this yeah. so yeah okay oh so, this but i don't so i don't know if if that changes her dynamic because like, i don't know mm. how that changes the sibling dynamic right right, right. there's so much like uncertainty because mm. like, i i don't know how that would work mm -hmm. so would she still like portray eldest child um mm, you know like tendencies personalities yeah. and stuff like that i yeah. mean probably not but you know th those are questions that are still up in the air wow yeah and so there's one thing that you guys talked about on the podcast that when you have a uh, miscarriage like that mm -hmm. the chances of having another miscarriage in the future go up right yeah yeah so did you guys how did you guys get over that fear? Because I'm sure when you experience something like that, the yeah. last thing you want to do is have to experience it again. Yeah. Um, but you guys, despite that, had a, a second child. Mm -hmm. Was that something you guys had to kind of struggle through? Yeah. So the pregnancy, the that second pregnancy we had was, I mean, that was the that was a lingering thought mm. every day, mm. right? Anytime Mimi called me at a weird time, like oh. there was a little bit of hesitation. Right. right? right. She's like, oh man, what is this? Um. 
But again, I go back to the counseling sessions because mm -hmm. there was one session where we dealt with that. Mm. Like she was like, what are you most afraid of? I was like, I'm afraid to lose this child mm. um, because it happened before. Now it's on the table, right? Mm. Like if it didn't happen, then you're not necessarily thinking about it, but Correct. because it is now it's an option or right. like you've gone through that experience. And I remember our counselor had looked at us and asked us, Hey, what if everything went well? Mm. How would that make you feel? Mm. And I'd be like, that would have been, that'd be fantastic. Like, if, if I knew like everything was gonna be great, mm -hmm. then, you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be gripped with fear. I wouldn't be anxious every time I went to the doctors or anytime like my wife called mm -hmm. and the advice that she gave us or really a prescription for us is the next time you feel that sort of fear, let it happen, but mm -hmm. then rewrite the narrative. Hmm. Like don't dwell within the fact that you have a chance to lose this child because in reality you don't like, we don't know the story hasn't been written. Right. So flipping the, narrative in your mind obviously it's true like you're going to be thinking about it but think about it but say you know what what does the other side of the coin look like mm -hmm. it looks like we're gonna have a healthy baby we're gonna have you know a wonderful mm -hmm. child raising experience like right. she's gonna grow up she's gonna get married and you're gonna have grandkids like that narrative is just as true as it would be for us to lose um for to lose the second right. as well. You know what I'm talking about? Right. And so she had, she had told us very clearly, like the next time you feel it mm. before you come, like make note of it, but then let me know how it goes by rewriting the narrative in your mind. Wow. And that was just like a practice that we had to do. And there were times where, uh, very early on where we'd be like getting ready for bed mm -hmm. and like, we would just be gripped with emotion, right? Mm -hmm. Just thinking about it again. And, and then she had, and then it triggered us be like, you know what, what does it look like if she was born healthy? Mm. Like, what would we name her and start thinking about and talking about the, oh. um, the real, the other side of the reality. Mm. And I know some people would, and I think this is just human nature. Mm -hmm. Like if you lower the expectations there are like lower chances of being disappointed. Right. But then that, I realized at that point, like that's just a crappy way of feeling. Yeah. Yeah. If you're always gonna be like, Oh, okay. Um, this baby's going to like, I hate to be so, brash about it was like the second baby's gonna die too like that just kills your mood that yeah. just kills everything yeah yeah rather than dwelling in that saying like you know what what does it look like if if it was positive like if everything was healthy and that really did change uh -huh. a lot of things and I actually take that into other moments that i am anxious especially uh -huh. things that are out of my control mm. i just say you know what let's say it does work out what are the implications what happens in my life if it does work out and i start to like piece those things together wow because we're going to have to deal with the disappointment at some level, mm -hmm. but I'd rather deal with it when it does happen, not let it consume my, um, what's the word? Let it consume the moments where it's out of my hands. Right. You yeah. Know what I'm talking about. Oh, that's so, so good. Yeah. That, that, because at the end of the day, like having a child is completely out of your hands. Mm. Like there's no, I mean, you can do the different things, but similar, like our experience, um, we don't know what happened. Mm. You know, there wasn't any sort of clear indication of the loss. Mm. Like, was there like, yeah, so there's no medical reasoning on why it happened. Yeah. It's frustrating, but at the same time, I'm thinking, you know what? It was out of my hands. Nothing we could have done. Yeah. So it gave us a little bit more comfort in that oh, regard. That's so good. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so when I first heard your podcast, it was literally a month before we found out we were pregnant. Okay. So when we were pregnant, your podcast was still fresh in our minds. Wow. Yeah. We took, I think it helped us take every moment kind of as a precious sure. time, right? Because yeah. you, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. But uh, one experience I had was, this was Christmas Eve of 2018. Uh -huh. My wife woke up and she was like, I'm bleeding. 
Yeah. And so we went to the emergency room. Yeah. And the first thing I thought was the night before that, we kind of had an argument. Okay. And I started immediately blaming myself, saying, I stressed her out, and this sure. is why it happened. So sure. How I, far along was she at that, at that point? She was four months. Four months, okay. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Three to four months, okay. right around there. Yeah. So it's still kind of like in the unsure sure, territory, sure. Yeah. right? So as a parent, do you... I feel like it's natural kind of to blame yourself when something like that happens. Did you guys have to kind of struggle with that? Yeah, thinking, absolutely. You go through every scenario and mm-hmm. every moment where, you know, did we did we not eat well or did we exercise too hard? Wow. Did we like, were we too active or were we, you know, did we travel too much? Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, like my grandparents and my parents, I mean, like their intentions were great and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. But sometimes they would say something like, you know, maybe you guys shouldn't have gone on that trip or that oh, last one, you know, like right. you want to take like a mini or like a baby moon before the baby comes. It's like, maybe you shouldn't do that. Like we were in Iceland. Um, so we took a trip to Iceland that was already booked before we found out we we're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it was within what the doctors deemed as being a safe time. Mm-hmm. Um but we had done a couple of excursions, you know, obviously we stayed away from like the really dangerous ones where she could have fallen. Right. Uh, but there were some sketchy moments where I was just like, man, if we finished this experience, like it could have been bad, you mm-hmm. know? And, mm-hmm. and I think back to it, like as soon as it happened, I thought, man, was it Iceland? Oh. And that was my call. You know, my wife's like, I feel like we're good, but if you don't feel comfortable, I was like, you know what, let's do it. We're in Iceland. You kind of justify some things. And, right. And that's a burden obviously that you carry. Yeah. But the truth is, I think it's a narrative thing. Like I go back to, it's mm. just like, it could, I mean, I could say that it was my fault mm-hmm. and deal with and blame myself, mm-hmm. or it could have been something that was completely out of, out of hand. Right. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. And even like, and that's the, that's like the definition of an accident. You can't really control it. Right. Just, it is what it is. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and you kind of deal with it mm-hmm. as it comes. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much for being open. Um, and for more details of, of Andrew and Mimi's journey in that, please, please go listen to their podcast. But I want to uh, shift gears a little bit yeah. and kind of talk about your experience, kind of an update sure, um, since sure. the end. Um, because you guys stopped releasing new episodes before the birth of your, your second yes. child, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just want to hear, how, how has it been yeah, becoming a father? I mean, it's... Uh, I think the best way that I could probably say is like... Mm-hmm. it it's quite the adventure, Mm. right? Like there are, I look back on it. Mm -hmm. I would say like the first month and a half, first two months was like a blur. Mm. You know, you're not getting sleep. You're just kind of going through it. You have a six month. So you kind of, it's fresher in your mind, but just like, man, I don't remember anything that happened. Mm. Right. Um, and then it just kind of progresses. Mm. And next thing I know, she's turning one next next month wow yeah and like man how is like where's the time gone you know what i'm talking about and so um it's been great one we've been blessed with just having a very well sleeping and well eating baby Mm. uh no allergies which was which was huge and and it's funny like my wife she's um she probably wouldn't describe herself as like a prayer warrior Mm -hmm. and i wouldn't like it would be hard for me to describe her in that way because of the way that it's used Mm but um there are two two very like two prayer movements in her life that she's made Mm. one being that before she goes into work she prays to god like lord allow for me not to have like any crazy people Mm. and no deaths 
mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, like on on the table or something like something of that regards. Yeah, yeah. And she's been protected from that ever wow. since. Yeah. So every day she walks in and stuff, and it's been quite the blessing. The other thing is like we pray for. Uh, no allergies and good sleep. Mm. And that's something that we've been blessed with. And we're super thankful for that. Does, um, she, does she sleep through the night? She does. Wow. She slept through the night fairly early. What, what month? Oh, uh, man. So I, I think about after week four, we decided to move her into the nursery mm-hmm. because I, feel like, I felt like I was just jailed in my bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Like you wake up, take care of her, go back to sleep. Yeah. And you just, I just never felt like I left. And so we ended up moving her. Mm-hmm. I would probably say around like the six week mark, mm-hmm. we were getting like in the six hours of sleep. Wow. And the uh, like, and then there was some times where like we would put her down mm-hmm. around like nine or 10 mm-hmm. and then she would wake up at like six or seven. That's huge. 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 I felt like a new man. I felt like a new man when it happened. And so like we started to kind of um, extend it a little bit, mm-hmm. let her cry it out every so often. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, like usually we put her down at seven thirty. Depending on the day, we'll go in there at like I don't know seven thirty eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. And so she's, I mean, she'll like roll around and kind of play by herself, but yeah. she won't really cry out and stuff like that. Wow. And so I, I have a sense. If you are a mom, new mom out there with like a baby who doesn't sleep well, I'm, I'm sorry. I just want to apologize <laughs> to you because, you know, I know to a certain extent, you know, the you're probably like cursing at me. You're like, this guy doesn't know what he has. Uh, um, I trust me when I say I know exactly how blessed we are mm, when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, the past 11 months have just been figuring things out, mm. figuring our rhythm, figuring out, you know, what does it look like to raise our child? Yeah. And so um, I would probably say the past two months have been great. Just because developmentally, she's like blossomed into this little child who communicates a little bit. Aww. Like she says, Appa. Oh, like man. she'll, we taught her different things like clapping and hand motions and, uh-huh. and stuff like that. And she smiles and we got her to Inzai every so often. Uh-huh. Uh, so she says like, she bows to like my parents when, when we prompt her to. That's and so, so yeah, it's, it's such a fun, fun time. Yeah. So she's like, I would probably say maybe like a month, six weeks out from possibly walking, wow. which is obviously the next step. Yeah. And every parent says, you know, wait as long as you can to introduce <laughs> that, which I get for uh-huh. sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Was a was it a big transition? Cause my daughter right now, I think she's on the verge of starting to crawl. Uh-huh. She hasn't really started yet, yeah. but she like gets into position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes she'll like do like the swimming motion. Yeah. Was it a big transition going from being a father of a immobile child to a child that's suddenly crawl- crawling around all over the place? I would say when she was able to sit up on her own mm-hmm. where she can sit with like her head up, mm-hmm. I felt like that was the best because uh, you could like put her on the ground and she'll play with something uh-huh. and then you can like do other things. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Um, when she starts, when I realized like we were excited when she started crawling, mm-hmm. but I realized now that she's crawling, it's a lot harder to manage different things. Right. right? Like, you have to baby proof everything and you have to just keep your eye on right. like, uh, like full transparency. Um, we came back from new, we were coming back from new Orleans mm-hmm. for like a little trip that we had. And I was packing in the hotel room, all of our stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was playing with Umbi on the bed and then she was kind of laying on her back, just kind of chilling. And so I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to try to pack some stuff as she's like more relaxed. So I turned my back and I started to pack the, on the other bed. Mm -hmm. Mimi comes out and she just yells. She's like, Andrew, um, watch out. Mm -hmm. And then I turned and then she had crawled and face first onto the ground. Oh no. She like face first on the ground, her Uh legs like scorpioned behind her. 
and just immediate crying. And she uh, had a little like rug burn on her nose. And uh, I was just like, oh my gosh, I feel like the worst <laughs> parent ever. Uh, um, but the funny thing is every parent says, babe, like they all fall. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I was like, okay, I feel a little bit better. But y- you know, it's funny. Um, that's a really familiar story because I, I have an older brother who, who has uh, two, two daughters now. Yeah. But his first daughter, um, he lives in Korea, but he moved here and he was visiting my parents. Like they met up in New York. And so they were in a hotel room. And almost the same exact thing happened. Um, they left the baby on the bed. Baby rolled over and fell face forward onto the yeah. ground. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, she cried for like hours. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's gonna happen. Yeah. You know, it'll happen. Yeah. And they're fine. They're both fine, right? Your they're daughter's fine. 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 My yeah, niece yeah. is fine. You still feel bad. Yeah. You still feel like the worst dad in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You actually might know my brother. He's he's two years older than me, and he he went to Northview as well. You guys might have been in the same class. Do you do you know a Richard Shin? Maybe not. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Okay. It was a, it was a, it was some time ago. Right, right, right. Yeah, right, maybe right. with a picture. Mm, Possibly yeah. with a picture. After oh. the podcast, yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll show you. But uh, yeah. So wow. So as a father, do you have any advice um for? Because I think your situation is very specific and sure. unique, right? Because not only do you have to get over the trauma mm-hmm. of of what happened your first pregnancy, but now you have to struggle. Because you kind of alluded to it, you have to. Uh, juggle the fact that you you're bringing this new life into yeah. the world yeah but also you don't want to completely override yeah on what happened before so sure. what, what's kind of the biggest thing that you think in your toolbox that's helped you navigate all that um i think from the biggest thing that i know is of, of my church community right wow. and that's kind of cliche as a mm-hmm. pastor to say mm-hmm. but i think in reality because of being on staff at our church and everybody knowing me because our church is so relatively small mm-hmm. Um, everybody knew she was pregnant and then we go through this loss on Tuesday. Um, we missed church that Sunday, Mm -hmm. but we ended up having like kind of a small funeral service for our family after the service Mm. later in the day, just later in the, uh, in the afternoon, uh, which was really hard. Mm -hmm. But then we ended up coming back to church the following week. Mm Um, just so that you know, we can share with the community, right? Hardest Sunday of my life. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, you know, having that many people and having actually just people caring mm. and making sure like, hey, as, as I mean, their intentions were great. Sometimes they would be overbearing or whatever it is, you right, know, you right. kind of have to deal with that. Yeah. Um, but having that community really helped me kind of deal with the first part. Mm-hmm. But then when the second one came in, like there, that story and that experience that we've all shared, yeah. uh, we were able to kind of lean into each other. Wow. And so I would say like for me, it's like parenting ought not to be just you and your wife and your kid, mm. right? The more people that you can kind of bring into your family and giving them the space and the authority to say things to you yeah. about kids or about marriage or other things like that, um, like that would probably be my biggest advice mm-hmm. because I think the moment everything just becomes so insular, like just here, mm-hmm. like man, blind spots are formed. You start to develop this narrative. Of, this is what my family's supposed to look like. And, right. and you don't care what other people are thinking and other stuff like that, that can really be detrimental in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that would probably be my first kind of word of advice. Right. And I think the second one is probably, you know, and I hear it a lot, but I would say like not taking it so seriously. Mm. And sometimes I might go too far in that direction mm. 
where it might feel like I don't care about my kid. You know, right, like right. me and my wife really struggled through this a lot because I wanted to make sure that um, when my daughter kind of moves on, you know, it's just going to be me and my wife. Yeah. And I saw, and I struggled the last quarter of 2019 on making that a priority. Mm -hmm. And that was a struggle that me and my wife had to deal with and had to, uh, struggle through about, you know, still being a married couple. Yeah. And I think part of it was because we were taking too many other things too seriously, mm -hmm. you know, and obviously you want to take care of your child, but at the same right. time you want to take care of your spouse and so right. on and so forth. And, and I've talked to Mimi about like, her getting married or her going off to college and stuff mm. like that. And I want that to still be very true in our, in our relationship because I don't want that to be a surprise. Right. 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 right so, right. um, I'm like, if she wants to get married at 24, I was like, let's do it. That's fine. You know, <laughs> but my Mimi's like, we don't, she won't know anything at 24. I was uh, like, you're right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, those are probably the two big things. I see. It's so not easy, not easy to do. Right. But I think very valuable. Do you yeah. think having that community, consistently right but with the first having that community around you when the first child first pregnancy happened and uh when the second pregnancy happened do you think that helped that continuity oh absolutely yeah mm. for sure because mm. we couldn't hide from it mm. and i think a lot of times for good reasons i'm not saying you know if this is your um process like it's a bad one but no, i'm not saying that at all right but i knew for us because people knew and people were so close in that sort of narrative mm -hmm. Um, that because I couldn't hide from it, I needed to kind of like face the music. I needed mm. to face people. I needed for us to have this conversation and deal with the awkwardness yeah. of like, Hey, I, you know, I saw you were pregnant. Like, how old is your son now? I was like, you know, we have, you know, instead of avoiding that conversation, just taking it on head on. Right. 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 And, and I think that happens when you have a strong enough community around you yeah. to be able to kind of weather those battles, like emotional battles right. um, of dealing with, that conversation of being reminded of it. Mm. Right. And so, um, yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely helpful having one continuous, uh, group. and for us, honestly, our church community is the people we see most right once a week, 52 weeks. Like, I don't know if I see my best friend that right. frequently, you yeah, know what I'm talking yeah, about, but yeah, I'll yeah. see the same 50 to 60 people sometimes twice a week. If like we have small group or something like that. Right. And so we made a conscious effort to say, you know what, these are the people we see most. Mm -hmm. So these are the people that we're going to lean into. Mm. And so when that happened, like those were the ones that we really leaned into and really looked to kind of help build this back up. Oh, that's so yeah. good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, um, we're, I know, I know you have stuff going on after mm -hmm. this, so I'm going to try to keep a good, uh, uh, this disciplined timetable sure, here, sure, but, yeah. um, so one of the secret agendas I had bringing, yeah. bringing you on here yeah. was to try to convince you to start the Growing Family podcast back up. Consider convinced that we're back <laughs> on. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, you, you mentioned that you're already considering it. So yeah. can, you, can you kind of tell us about what you want to see happen on your podcast in 2020? Yeah, so moving into 2020, um, I guess the whole idea of it, and for me, the podcasts were always going to be in seasons mm -hmm. because I realized families move in seasons. Yeah. Uh, you have like the newborn. And you have so many different like times when you can kind of um, bookmark and saying like, okay, this chapter is kind of closed. And mm -hmm. so as our daughter is turning one, it kind of gives us a good chance to recap on some stuff and, mm. you know, talk through. It's a good place to kind of restart. Yeah. And so I've been kind of brainstorming about it. And every usually around this time, January, February um, is always the one that kind of brings me back 
to this sort of area in my life, mm -hmm. podcasting, family, and our kids, and so yeah. on and so forth. Um, and so because of that, um, it's definitely something that I'm looking to relaunch sometime this month, mm. um, talking with my wife and kind of, you know, reestablishing our content and reestablishing mm. um, audience and so on and so forth. Yeah. And so that'll be that'll be coming soon in the next couple of weeks. And yeah. I think moving into 2020, there was a lot of ideas that I wanted to get into when it comes to family, especially as Asian Americans. Mm -hmm. And so a big one always is going to be infertility, mm. miscarriages, loss, and being able to hear from people's experience on how they dealt with it. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and knowing certain couples who've been trying for close to a decade and having kids mm. and dealing with loss after loss, right. the financial burdens of that. And, and what does it feel social? You know, those, that, that area of conversation yeah. is something that we've always wanted to get into. Uh, a big topic for me is talking through blended families, hmm. because I think we are a unique generation in that, um, we don't like, we won't have to deal with the language issue. Mm -hmm. Like we'll never like our lineage from now on, we'll never have to deal with the language. Oh, issue, right. Right. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. the differences between us and our parents. Um, and so because of that, now you have much more blended families. Hmm. And so one of the one of the chapters or parts that I want to kind of talk with is like, how do families with Chinese and Korean backgrounds, like how do you decide to raise children? Hmm. Even though we have similarities, there's still a lot of differences, yeah. right? Not even that, but like biracial and um, uh, families as well. Right, right. Um, there was an episode that I wanted to do and still kind of in the works logistically. Mm -hmm of non-Koreans' husbands marrying into uh, Korean families. Hmm. What is that? Because there's a few people that I know really close yeah, yeah. who are um, both white and black who both have um, Korean Korean wives. Okay. And they're entering into that sort of world. Yeah. And what does that look like for you? And what does that look like for you and your own personal ethnicity? Right, right. right. Your own heritages and stuff like that. Yeah. And so... There's, there's those topics that I kind of want to get into. Um, and then obviously just some fun family things. Yeah. And Mimi has developed some tips and tricks and things that I feel like are hugely valuable that mm -hmm. we want to share. Like mm -hmm. kind of our Amazon top 10 things that we've found for oh, new parents and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and My wife would love that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you some after yeah. this. And, um, there are things that we kind of figured out for us and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Like we're very like um, pragmatic in our approach. Mm -hmm. So because of that, we've gone through a lot of different iterations and stuff. So, wow. yeah. okay. uh, so we're looking to really kind of launch it in the way in which I'd originally hoped, mm. but obviously it comes with some context. Right. And right. so, yeah, we're looking for that in 2020. And I, wow. think, I think I'm ready to allow for that to still be the part of our story, mm -hmm. but not necessarily be the topic of the next season. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, now that we're like one year into it, now we're new parents and now we're kind of moving into this growing family Wow. in, in the traditional sense. Right. So, right. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And you know, it, it's been a treat for me to have you on because I would say you were one of the inspirations for me even having started the podcast. Oh, uh, wow. Seeing that there are people, you know, locally doing podcasts. Yeah. Uh, it just kind of gave me subconscious permission to do it as sure, well. So sure, yeah. thank you. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for doing your podcast. No, you're welcome. Yeah. I will I will shout out in the same way you did. Uh -huh. um, a big kind of push uh -huh. for me was also um, John Song. 
Oh yeah. And I know yeah. that he came on. Yeah. And you said that he's like kind of a local celebrity. Yeah. He, he very much is. Yeah. Right. Like only really like if you grew up in Atlanta and if you're creative, like he's going to be the, he's going to be the champion of For whatever sure. creative that you're doing. For sure. And so he, when I was kind of throwing it out there to him, he was like, what can I do to help you make this true? Wow. And, uh, I thank him because he's always been a inspiration for me wow. as well. And, um, and I actually known him since man, middle school. As you well. know, what's funny after our podcast that I did with John, yeah. he was, he was telling me about how for his Watts cast uh-huh. that you and Mimi recorded with him. Yeah. And he, he was saying how, uh, you guys were, you guys had known each other forever for yeah, a while. Yeah. 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 yeah it's yeah. been a journey. And wow. so he truly is that local celebrity. Though. Yeah. 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 No, and I want to throw it out there too. I mean, I, I don't really have a lot of expertise, but just because I've done this uh, for a year, if there's any way that I can help you, oh, whether absolutely. it's mentioning it on my podcast, whatever yeah, it may absolutely. be, please feel yeah. free to reach out. Yeah. 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 And so for, for people who are interested, it's the Growing Family um, podcast. That's the title of the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's a handwritten uh, or a hand-drawn tree. Uh, I got to change. I know you're doing a new logo, so I got to do something. Okay. I got to really invest into it as well. <laughs> and... Uh, and so, yeah, I think it's up on iTunes. Um, and so for people, I think all the seasons are still up there. Yeah, it's on Google Podcast as well. Okay, that's great. That's what I listen to. Oh, wow. That's yeah. great to know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one thing we always like to share is um, we made a joint email because of it. Mm-hmm. So if anybody is going through sort of this experience or have gone through it and haven't had a chance to process or wanted to kind of talk through it, please feel free to reach out to me. Mm. Our email is uh, songfam, S-O-N-G-F-A-M, 1986 mm. at gmail.com. Okay. I remember I first did that <clears throat> and Mimi was like, why are you giving people emails? <laughs> I was like, you know, some people might want to reach out, yeah, you know, like, yeah. you know, it's just one of those things. And there's been a, there was like one or two folks who have kind of emailed and connected with us, wow. uh, which was a huge blessing as yeah. well. And so again, please, we'd love to connect even if, you feel like, you know, will they talk to me as a stranger? Absolutely. Mm. I feel like these experiences are what ultimately like knits people together. Yeah. And it's one of those things where if you've gone through it, you know the pain. Yeah. And so it's it's one of those things that we hope we can be a blessing too. Yeah. So Growing Family Podcast, songfam1986 at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to connect. Mm. Um, I believe it's still, I believe the podcast is still up. And yep. hopefully sometime in January, we'll come out with, it would be season three. Um and hopefully 2020 will be the one in which we really intended for the podcast to look like. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. Wow. That's so awesome. So guys, definitely, definitely look forward to that podcast. Cause I am, I'm going to be listening to every episode. Um, if you, if you, I mean, Andrew gave his email. So please, if you have any feedback, anything that he talked about resonates with you, please reach out to him. Um, if you want to reach out to me, my email, ihthtpodcast at gmail.com or Instagram, that's I hope they hear this or on Twitter at ihthtpodcast. Um, and I will say this, having an Instagram has really helped get feedback. Um, oh, it's most, good to hear. Yeah, most of my feedback uh, has come through Instagram direct message. Okay. So you might want to look into that too. Sure, yeah, we will do. Yeah. Thanks. But again, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Uh, this, this conversation was so eye-opening and I'm just really glad uh, I got to meet you. Fantastic. Thanks yeah. for having me on. Yeah, thank you guys. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.